If you don't believe in yourself, how's anyone else supposed to believe in you? And the mind is such a powerful tool. So if you're talking negative thoughts about yourself, then you'll believe them. The definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, to show toughness. Welcome back to the Mindset Mastery Podcast. My guest on today's show is the resilience queen, Justine Martin. I'm going to keep this intro really short because we're going to talk about Justine's inspiring story throughout the episode. Justine, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you doing? Thanks, Rachel, for having me on your show today. I'm really good. That's awesome. So your story, it's a really inspiring one. And I'd love it if if you could share some of that with myself and everyone who's listening today. Sure. Where do I start? Look, I'll go back about 11 years ago. I was in my dream job. Well, I thought it was my dream job and had worked, you know, my whole career to get to that point. And had only been working there for around about four or five months and I became quite ill. And then it took them around about six months to actually diagnose me with multiple sclerosis. So my mum had MS and we were always told that uh, there was no way my brother and I would ever get it, that it's not hereditary. And it's not, but if there's a genetic predisposition and all the environmental factors are in place, you can get it. And most people are diagnosed between uh, 30 to 40, are Caucasian and two thirds of women and, and one third men. It just so happened that it was two weeks after my 40th birthday and I got diagnosed with the MS. And then a month after that, I had to stop work altogether. My neurologist told me that I'd never work again and that I better find a hobby. And I went, oh, I've always wanted to learn how to paint. And it took me about three, four months to walk into an art studio that my girlfriend ran and I just had such bad anxiety and I'd sit in the car and sit there crying because I couldn't bring myself to walk inside and and I'd drive home in tears and angry with myself and I was just going down this dark, dark rabbit warren. And then one day I just drove there and went, bugger it, what are you doing? Just go inside, what's the worst that can happen? And walked inside and took to it like a duck to water and and started creating pieces of art and it just kind of snowballed from there so within uh, about five months of me creating my first piece I sold a piece of work in an exhibition I started entering exhibitions and sold my first piece for $300 and I'm like oh my god I can still make money I can still contribute to society people like my art they'll buy it put it on their walls and I then started producing lots and lots of work and entering lots and lots of exhibitions and winning lots and lots of awards much to my surprise and then I registered a business called Just Art so J-U-Z-T-A-R-T and which is a mixture of my name first and last name being Justine Martin combined in there and things were going really well then in 2013 I had trouble with my heart and I had to have heart surgery 
And that was very, very daunting and scary, unrelated to the MS, something um, uh, else was going on. So I had atrial fibrillation. So my resting heart rate was about 155 beats a minute on a good day. And it'd get higher. So then I had a pulmonary vein ablation in 2013, and it only lasted 11 weeks and it came back with vengeance. And my resting heart rate then hit 216, 217 beats a minute. So I had to have a second ablation done then. And then, so that was in 2014, that happened. And then I was going all right for a little while, you know, still dealing with the MS and creating lots of work. And then I had something else wrong with my heart where I was missing heartbeats. And the average person misses about 25 beats every 24 hours. It just so happened that I was missing one in every five heartbeats. So that was quite concerning. And then I had to have another ablation where they burn bits of the front bit of your heart. And I was awake for that. And I got pericarditis from that one. And they, I was very, very ill with the pericarditis and they called the family in and didn't know how long I was going to have. And then I recovered from that all while trying to, you know, build my my business, Just Art, and um, still competing in Olympic pick weightlifting as a master's lifter and you know trying to keep as healthy as I as I possibly could and as positive as I could and then in 2016 I was competing in the Australian Masters Olympic weightlifting championships in Tasmania and I started going purple my hands went this dark purple and and my feet and went off to my GP and she told me it was nothing to worry about and I, I regularly see a counsellor and she said to me, you know, is that something that you're happy with? And I'm like, well, no, not really. You know, why all of a sudden, you know, am I changing colour? And it was getting to the point where, you know, I live in Victoria and it's, it's very cold uh, in winter, but it was happening at 12 degrees and then 13, 14, and then anything below 19 degrees when as soon as I walked outside, all the small blood vessels under the surface of the skin were clotting. And I looked like a zombie. I looked like something from The Walking Dead. My ears were going black and I had to be really careful of necrosis because there was no oxygen getting under the skin. And I went through a whole heap of tests and a whole heap of specialists. And I happened to be sitting at the dermatologist to confirm that it was libidio and she confirmed that. And she took a couple of little biopsies of some moles and it came back 24 hours later that I actually had melanoma. So they were looking for lymphoma, not melanoma. There's a few different things that can cause libidio and that's rheumatoid arthritis, lupus and lymphoma. So the rheumatologist confirmed that I didn't have lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, but to go to the dermatologist. And here I was sitting in the dermatologist, had to have these biopsies, and the next thing I've got melanoma. So the looking for lymphoma actually saved my life because the mole was so tiny on my lower leg, I, I didn't even notice it. So that was quite scary. And then I went off to the hematologist after that and so I had to go back in have surgery and have all of that cut out of my leg get a nice big chunk cut out of there and then in then in about the November December 2016 I was diagnosed with what's called mixed cryoglobulinemia 
which I had too much protein, too many cryoglobulins in my blood. And that's what was causing the levidio. But it was actually choking me off internally. So I had so much inflammation around my internal organs that I was dying. And they still hadn't got to the cause of it all. And then in January 2017, I was diagnosed with chronic lymphocystic leukemia and small lymphocystic lymphoma. So I actually had three primary cancers at once and then had to go through chemo and then had allergic reactions to the chemo and and nothing ever goes smoothly in my life. And then in 2018, I got diagnosed with lipedema, which is inflammation of the fat, which is a genetic condition that affects 11% of all women. So we have tree trunk legs. I don't have ankles or calves I have like the cankle look and fat around the knees and so it's also known as painful fat syndrome so you know that's quite painful to live with as well as the MS in there so I'm in remission from all of the cancers but still dealing with the MS and the chemo and the disease modifying therapy drugs from the the MS have actually affected my immune system to the point that I am immune compromised and have to do weekly infusions of other people's antibodies just so I can go out in public and reduce the amount of infection. So I have no T cells and no B cells left in my in my blood and I'm borderline lymphopenic and borderline neutropenic pretty much all the time. So throughout all of that, I continued to grow my business, Just Art, and have launched a couple of years ago Just Art wellness classes to other disabled people. And so we run them three, four days a week. And so that's just one business that I now actually run. And then there's Resilience Mindset where I do resilience consulting and speaking and help other people overcome the adversities that they're actually facing and then I have another business called Van Gogh Decals which is my artwork on large decals on caravans and camper vans and wherever I can stick them actually whoever wants them and then this year I'm launching a publishing house because I've gone down the road of being an author and I've just produced my first children's book on equality and illustrated and, and written that so then last year unfortunately in the beginning of last year I broke my arm through domestic violence and I'm still recovering from that as well so not only physically but mentally and I'm waiting surgery to have my wrist repaired so uh, there you go there there in a nutshell is the last 11 11 years oh and I'm a grandma of six so they keep me pretty busy as well Wow, what a story. And you've done so many wonderful things out of that in that time as well with with all your businesses. I suppose the next question I have is what led you down the path of helping other people with resilience? And we're going to talk about some of your tips to building a resilience mindset soon. But what was that point when you started to draw from your own experience to help other people with things and with their adversity? Well, it started pre-MS days. I used to be morbidly obese, so I used to weigh 125 kilos and I joined Weight Watchers for the third time and started losing weight and then the leader quit and it was the first time that I was actually successful in losing a lot of weight and there was no way I was letting that class fold. So I stood up and went, I can do this. You know, I'm losing weight. Let me help you. And that was like 1999, which, you know, last century. And uh, scary saying that. <laughs> yeah. 
so I, I then went down, you know, the weight loss path and became a Weight Watchers leader doing 10 meetings a week. And I used to have around about 400 members I looked after. And so that became ingrained in me in, in helping other people. And I'm a bit of an empath as well. And, you know, if, if my story... With everything that's gone wrong with me, I strongly believe that my story is someone else's survival guide and to help other people live a better quality life than, than what they're, they're living. And a lot of this stuff we're not actually taught in life skills and, and through school and that. And, you know, you stumble upon things that help yourself, but, you know, to help other people is, is very, very gratifying as well. So, yeah, when I st- I was a program director for Jenny Craig was my last um, official paid work and uh, then I went, uh, then I couldn't work. So it just kind of, it just kind of happened. People would say to me all the time, what's your secret? Why are you so positive all the time? how can you get through so much and still get out of bed with a smile on your face? And so I actually had to take a step back for a while, Rachel, and go, I don't know, I don't know how to do this. How do I do this? And and sit down with someone and we did, you know, mind maps and worked out, you know, how I'm me, so to speak. And and until I knew how I was me, I couldn't actually tell other people on on how to do it. And it's been a progression over the years. So yeah, that's how I got into resilience consulting. And you know, and then people are like, oh, can you show me? I'll pay you to show me how to do that. I'll, you know, pay you. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. There is a bit of a business here in regards to it. I've been an MS ambassador for around six, seven years. And so I was doing a lot of talking anyway through MS Australia and I still do the odd thing for them but someone suggested to me why don't you go out on your own and and start you know sharing your story and on how you overcame all the adversities and that gives people hope and I'm like oh okay yeah so and then COVID hit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I was like oh well you know now what am I going to do yeah Yeah, so you know, I've done some online stuff, and yeah, it, it's been it's been a hell of a ride. But last year, I won Coach of the Year to the Oz Mumpreneur Awards, and the recognition from that has just been amazing. You know, I I do help a lot of people through the art wellness classes, through the resilience consulting, and going out and doing talks. So yeah, that was a nice accolade. Uh, to get and then I won the creative artist of the year through the raw success awards and another five awards along the way last year as well so it was a good year even though we're all in lockdown yeah oh that's wonderful congratulations for that that's awesome and actually I wanted to talk about the art therapy for a moment art people say is therapy and you know tell me about what you do like with your art and with your art for wellness coaching and how you feel that art helps you and other people when you are struggling with anything that we go through in life art to me pretty much saved me I I really don't know where I would be now without picking up that paintbrush and I don't mean just making money that was really good for my mindset as well because I went from a really good 
um, paid job to zero income overnight, solely relying on someone else who was not particularly nice at the time to support my children and myself and, and put a roof over our head and food in our stomach. And it's like, I can't live for the rest of my life, you know, like this. And so art became a place where I could lose myself, where I, it, it's like a form of meditation to me. It's my happy place. If I'm cranky, I need to go and create some art and express myself through that. And my artwork, if you have a look on my website at justart.com.au is bright, bold colours, big animals, happy pictures. I do do some serious art as well as I call it serious art, you know, stuff that's got meaning behind it and um, fine pen work and, and graphite and that. But basically, yeah, big, bold, bright colours and nothing makes me happier than someone standing in front of one of my paintings and smiling and they can feel the warmth coming out of it. So, you know, art or any hobby is really, really important to have. And the last two years, I think people have realised this, that, you know, you get so consumed in your work and your career and family that all of a sudden when you're forced to stop, what have you got? The TV and that's it. So I know that art products went through the roof. The sales went through the roof over the last couple of years. And it's a form of self-care uh, for yourself. So yeah, art comes in a massive range of things, you know, creating music and drawing, painting, sculpting, writing, singing, heaps of different things. So, you know, find something that, that suits you. And I, and I strongly believe that everyone can draw. Everyone can create art. It doesn't have to be of exhibition quality, but everyone can create art. And, you know, people that come into my studio have no experience whatsoever in using any form of art. And, you know, many of them say, I can't even draw a straight line. I'm like, yeah, you can. And, yeah, you will. Um, and they come in and each, each one is working on a different project. And I do classes of a maximum of four people. And so it's a nice intimate setting as well without being too overwhelming. And they, they all get on, all like-minded people. And it, it's really good. And, you know, if someone's having a bad day, the rest will pick them up. And as soon as they'll all walk in, they're like, oh, you know, sometimes I say, oh, I don't want to be here today. And when by the time they walk out three hours later, they're like, I'm glad I came. So, yeah. And that makes yeah. me feel good. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. I know art for myself as well. I think I only started up doing art again after a big break when COVID hit and it was yeah. just suddenly had the time to do it and then yeah it's just taken on a whole new level in my life now and it's something I, I totally agree you know it it is so therapeutic and such a great self-care tool and yeah I can't yeah. put the paintbrush down now <laughs> and I had to create stuff that I could sell so quite often as artists, we've become quite attached to our work and I had to then create stuff that I could give away or, or sell and let go. So that was a learning curve as well because, you know, there's only so many paintings you can hang on your own walls. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs>
<laughs> and I was right prior to me uh, breaking my arm, producing around 60, 70 pieces a year. So yeah, there, there's no way that can hang on all the walls yeah. of the house and, yeah. and sculptures as well. Like I've created sculptures that are nearly the same height as me and I'm yeah. five foot ten. So big giraffe sculptures and, wow. and stuff like that. But you know, if you'd said to me 11 years ago that I'd be an award-winning professional artist, I would have laughed at you. It's like, no way. Yeah. That was something that you do when you retire kind of thing but no it's a it's now a very serious profession for me and you know and helping other people definitely so but yeah I love the art wellness classes and and helping uh, as many people as you know I possibly can so oh that's awesome so one of your great courses that I was looking at on your website is top 10 tips to resilience mindset. And there will be a link for everyone to go and check that out in the description of this show. Um, but I was wondering if you could talk us through briefly what the, the top 10 tips are and why they're important to be able to build a resilience mindset. It can do, Rachel. So we've got Self-care, learning, routines, connecting to the earth, hobbies, movement, fuel for your body, fueling your mind, decluttering and goals and visions. So why are they important for building um, resilience? Because they're the foundation block for life. They're things that we should be taught in school when we're not. Self-care, don't presume everyone knows how to look after themselves because they don't. And I'm not meaning just brushing your teeth and, you know, having a shower, though some people need to be reminded of that as well. I, I mean, taking time out of your day for you. And, you know, there's lots of busy mums and they're, they're like, oh, yeah, right, sure. But, you know, a nice 10-minute bath is self-care. Turning off your phone, turning off the electronics, that's self-care. Controlling what comes into your mind. Don't watch the news if it upsets you. I haven't watched the news now in two years. If something important's happened in the world, my friends are going to tell me. It'll be the topic of conversation and then I can, I can do my own research and find it. You know, control what's coming into your environment. Control the people that you're hanging around. You, we are the sum of the five people that are closest to us. So if they're negative people, then... Um, disassociate with you know most people now are on Facebook if there's things coming on your news feed that's disturbing for you unfollow those people you don't have to unfriend them they'll never know if you've unfriended them I've got two and a half thousand people on my Facebook I can't look at two and a half thousand people every day but I control what I'm seeing that comes in if someone's not aligned with my personal values rather than get upset and anxious every time I read it, un unfollow and fill my news feed with, with happy story kind of thing. So connecting to the earth, that's, you know, when was the last time you went to the park and took your shoes off and just sat there and put your feet on the grass? You know, getting back to nature, going down the, down the beach, just walking along the beach. Movement, you know, making sure that we exercise. Now, I hated exercising when I was in high school, absolutely hated it, and in my 20s. That's why I ended up morbidly obese at a size 26. But now I realise the importance of movement. You've got to find what you like doing. I like lifting heavy things, so I do weightlifting still. I don't mind the odd walk, and I'll walk every second day because I know that that's better for my body and my mind 
as well. Fueling your body right. You know, if you eat junk food, you'll have a junk mind. That old saying, you are what you eat, is very, very true. You know, the fuel that we're putting into our body, and let's face it, that's all food is. It's not a pastime and it's not a hobby. It's just fuel. If we put good, nutritious fuel into our systems, we're going to get a better production out of our body and our mind from it. It's very important to have routines. You know, go to bed around the same time every night and get up around the same time every morning and make sure that you are getting a good quality sleep and your seven, eight hours sleep. I personally, every morning when I get out of bed, I make my, I make my bed because at least I've accomplished something for the day. If the rest of the day goes downhill, at least I've accomplished one thing for the day. And there's nothing nicer than hopping into a freshly made bed. So there, there's lots of things in the 10 top tips that you can find on the website. And it's only $27 to download the pack. And there's around about $1,500 worth of value in that, including a um, discovery call, half an hour discovery call with myself. So, and I can, you know, steer you in the right direction in, into the, you know, whatever adversity that you're facing. So. That's awesome. Definitely jump down to the description of this episode and you can find links to that. And Justine, if someone wants to connect with you, where can they go to find you? So I have a couple of different websites. There's justinemartin.com.au and then there's juzdart.com.au and I'm on LinkedIn as Justine Martin, Resilience Consultant. You'll find me, you can just Google me. I actually come up in Google now. So you just put in Justine Martin, Resilience and, and you'll find all my contact details um, there as well. So, you know, it, it is important to have a clear, vision on on what your goals are and what you want to achieve in your short-term medium and long-term goals and I mean adversities will come our way all the time but it's how quickly you bounce back from that um, adversity that you're facing and and asking for help you don't have to do it all yourself and that's why there's people like me you know that it's not like going to a counsellor it's it's totally different that than that and you might be struggling in work you could be struggling in your personal life you've got no direction you don't know where to start everything's overwhelming that's where I come into play and and help with that mindset and and we work through the goals together and and get some direction in your life because you just never know how far you can actually go and achieve your dreams Yeah, that's absolutely right. And the last question I want to ask you around mindset, because, you know, at the Mindset Mastery podcast, we're always looking to see what different opinions people have about that exact topic. So what do you believe is the most important thing about becoming the master of your own mindset? Now that's put me on the spot, Rachel. (laughs) Believing in yourself. Belief in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, how's anyone else supposed to believe in you? Mm. Yeah, and the mind is such a powerful tool. So if you're talking negative thoughts about yourself, then you'll believe them. So, you know, be kind to yourself and, you know, work on being the, the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah, that is a wonderful, wonderful answer. I love it. Believe in yourself because, as you said, if you don't, who is going to? That is perfect. 
Justine, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for having me today. If you would like to connect with Justine, you can head down to the description below where you can find links to her website and social media. And also she is launching a new podcast next week called Resilience Mindset. So you can check that out for more stories of inspiration and resilience. If you've been enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app so more people like you can join us on this journey towards mindset mastery. Until next time, remember... We are only limited by what we believe we are limited.